What's up, Hogland Nation? You know we gotta tell you about Mr. T's Tuxedos. Do you or someone you know have a wedding, formal, prom, or big event coming up soon? Well, lucky for you, we have you covered. Mr. T's Tuxedos has the best suits and tuxedos in the area, and will have you looking your best for your big day. With their main store located in Minersville, PA, they also offer fitting services located in Center City, Philly, as well as on-site fittings at your preferred location. Make sure to mention that Hogline sent you when you visit in-store or reach out with an inquiry. To take a look at their catalog and for more information on all that Mr. T's Tuxedos has to offer, visit MrT'sTux.com. That's M-R-T-S-T-U-X.com. And remember, you only have one shot at looking your best. Be sure to take it with Mr. T's Tuxedos. What's going on, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Manis, alongside co-hosts Jack Manis and Andrew Schreffler. Welcome back, folks. The NFL playoffs are here. Shreff is back. Yeah. Did you did you happen to hear what Jack said about your vacation last week? Um, I don't know if I did. What what did you say, Jack? Well, in the, at the top of the show, I uh, so ever so kindly wished you a happy vacation. I thought you uh, definitely deserved it, considering your victory in lock of the week. Uh-huh. However, Jack, which we'll get to in a second here, was a little bit salty and said, I hope he doesn't have a good time. I'm like, whoa, whoa. where's this hostility coming from? Well, Care Jack- to explain yourself, Jack? I don't have any explanation. Wow. You'll and talk you'll behind be, the man's back, but you won't say it to his face. You'll be very upset to know that I that I had a great time personally. A grand old time. And you, as you should. Yeah. All right. Wow. <laughs> it, that sounds what like someone who's a little that's, that's that sounds like someone who's a little upset about having to do something. Sounds yeah. like someone who has too much chips in their mouth. Yeah. <laughs> wow, what a coward. He won't even want to speak up for himself. Well, I guess we can start with that. I wasn't going to start off the show with that, but we will get That's right into That's why I was trying to just hint at it, but yeah. <laughs> um, Jack, as you can infer from our banter here, is officially the loser of Lock of the Week. Um, let me pull up his record here, unless you know it offhand. Nope. I think it went over to this begin. Jack, as a group, we went one for five. It's not great. Um, the last two weeks have been really bad. Yeah. We've been a collective uh, two and ten in the last two weeks. Oh, wow. So far from locks. Jack went over two. I went one and one, and Shref went 0 oh and two. And the final regular season standings were Shref in first at 17, 16, and one. Nice. Uh, myself, I finished in second at 15 and 19, and Jack in last at 13, 20, and one. Yikes, Jack. Real tough. Real tough. So as we have decided, Jack will be eating that chip, which is very hot, and we'll have to do it on an episode. We will look to be ordering that soon, mm-hmm. and um, I'm looking forward to it because it was well earned. Thirteen twenty one. He really lost a lot of people money if they were tailing him. So yeah, I'm sure everyone was. Yeah. Um. What was what was Shref's redone or loss column? How many losses did we each have? Shref had sixteen incorrect. Picks. I had 19 incorrect picks. Jack had 20 incorrect picks. Oh, 
Yeah, I think we were 45, 55, and three as a collective. Okay, so in the red, not not no the profit red. there. And like we're yeah yeah. <laughs> however, however, Jack will have a chance to redeem himself as we all will, uh, and we, as we're getting into it here, us three are going to be picking the uh, spread and over and the over under in every single game of the playoffs in a competition uh, between us three, and uh, we will be deciding either the prize or punishment on today's show. So stay, stay tuned for that and our wild card weekend preview as a whole. Before Can I ask for a clarification real quick? Sure. Yeah. Um, are we picking both spread and under? Or can we do either or for each game? I did both for every game. Okay. Oh, I thought we're doing you choose whatever you want. This is why I asked. I mean, we can do whatever you guys want. I'm prepared for both. So I guess I could, if we really wanted to, I could. I think we should do you, you can, you only have to choose one because then it gives a variety of what you can do. There's four options for each game. Okay. Sure. We can do that. You don't want to like pigeonhole us into like picking something we just because we have to pick it. You know, I may not like, I may not like the either team to cover something like that. Yeah. I went into this thinking we were picking either or. That's fine. I will. I will just pick my favorite one out of the two, and then we'll do that going forward as well. Yep. Yeah, we live. We live. We're officially live now that we figured that out. So yep. um, now the episode can really start. Yeah. Cut, cut all that out in the beginning, Joey. Yeah. Um, don't actually do that, or you're fired. Um, anyway, speaking of firing, what that that's that's how wow. that's professionalism right there. That's, that's how you do it in the business. That's how you do it in the business, baby. After 166 episodes. Speaking of firing. Uh, several coaches got fired this week after the regular regular season concluded. Um, some were not so surprising. And Matt Nagy, uh, Joe Judge, eh, he was kind of, I, I guess, up in the air. But no one's really that surprised that he got fired. Um, Vic Fangio, I mean, no, it's, again, not that surprising. However, the most surprising one was Brian Flores, the Miami Dolphins. I did not even think that was a um, consideration for them. However, I guess him and the GM had some different uh, ideologies and where they wanted the franchise to go in the coming season. So they decided to part ways. Uh, Mike Zimmer was also fired after eight years in Minnesota as well. Wanted to mention that. Um, I guess they just didn't really see the ceiling in Mike Zimmer. Uh, they, they knew what they were getting. And, you know, you know what you have in eight years in a guy. So mm-hmm. although he is, is a pretty solid coach, I guess maybe they felt like in the end they were a little inhibited by him. Mm-hmm. However, uh, back to Brian Flores, it looks like he is going to be the number one candidate in all these vacant positions. He should get a job pretty easily, I would say. Would you guys agree? Yeah. I would hope so. Is and this his third year as head coach for the Dolphins? This would have been his third year, I believe. Well, he completed three years. No, I, I'm, he completed no, two. I'm debating if he was going into his third or going into his fourth. I think I think he is he did four he just excuse me he did three seasons because okay. 2019 was the year they traded Minka and they were that was like the they started off really really bad they ended up kind of winning some yeah, games at the end out. of the year yeah yep. last year they yeah. were um just on the cusp of the playoffs did they make the playoffs last year no they went 10 and they 6 and missed yeah right and then this year they went uh, 9 and 8 i believe so right yeah so i think he had three years in Miami um, definitely, I'd say trending in the right direction. I know the team also started off pretty poorly this year as well, but they really turned it around. And yeah, from all indications, seems like a great coach, especially, you know, he's a great defensive mind. So any predictions on where you think he might, uh, might land? 
Um, I'm trying. I've, I've heard he has. Confirm. I think is he has an interview with head coach. Sorry, what was that? Is he a defensive guy, or is he? Yeah, a I thought yes, he was he defensive. Is. Yep. I think mm, just based on what they do, Denver, I feel like is an intriguing one, just because I feel like Denver's known for getting defensive head coaches in the first place. Yeah, that could certainly be a good fit. The ones that are up up in the air uh, that have vacant seats uh, at the moment, just for recap purposes. Well, Dolphins, but he's not going there. Uh, Jaguars. Texans, potentially. They didn't officially part ways with David Coley, but that may happen. Mm-hmm. The Broncos. I wrote down the Raiders because technically they have an interim head coach, but I think Vesicchio will stay considering yeah. he made the playoffs. So yeah. um, probably not them. The Vikings, the Bears, and now the Giants, as that Joe Judge news came through today. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like any of them besides I, – I, I mean, I think we discussed this like either last episode or – no, probably two episodes ago. You know, the Jaguars it looks like a dumpster fire and not an attractive location, but when you have Trevor Lawrence, there always has to be something there that could yeah. pull you in, so – Right. Know, really I just think the Jaguars should get an offensive-minded coach. Just there's so much potential talent in Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, you know, I, I think you need everything you can just to revive what was lost this year. So, yeah, yeah I could cer- I can certainly see that. Any of these other coaches that were fired, do you see them going a different place, or not they, as a head coach? Will they take a, a coordinator position? I think a coordinator spot for most. Of yeah, them. agreed. Mike Zimmer, do you think he'll just hang it up? Or has he still got some years left? Oh, no. How old is he? Because I know there's the meme that he aged like 30 years in the past eight. Um, I'll check it out. He is 65. 65. Okay. So he's old. not a spring chicken. No. But, yeah, I don't know. There's certainly a possibility he could just hang it up um, for sure. What do you guys think? This is an interesting name. I don't know if we discussed him in the uh, in the other episode when we were kind of talking about different candidates. What do you guys think about Doug Peterson coming back? I think he would be an awesome fit with the Jags. Yeah, I keep I keep seeing some some Jags talk with him. I, they did. I forget if they officially interviewed him. I know he was on the, the list though, so they are interviewing him. I I think that'd be a perfect fit. He has a track record of being able to get these young QBs to kind of have. I mean, it was Wentz's second season when the Eagles had their run, like he, I don't know. He, I mean, obviously it didn't end there. It didn't end well there in Philly, but he clearly has an ability to see some talent in a quarter, like in a young quarterback, which mm-hmm. I like, and as Jack said too, I think with, with having Lawrence on the offense and then also have, spending that first on ETN, he'll be back next year. You, you want someone who's going to be able to come in and figure out the best way to utilize them. I would think. Yeah. Yeah. And I know you mentioned it, it didn't work necessarily work out in Philadelphia, but was that really due to his coaching prowess or was it kind of due to some internal riff with the GM or owner? Internal stuff. I, I, I have not once one day in my life ever blamed Doug Peterson for any, for anything that that transpired there. So I would love to see him come back and ideally for an AFC team, because I don't really feel like having to deal with playing him. Yeah. Certainly don't want him to go to the giants. That would, no, that wouldn't, I mean, it would, yeah, no, that would suck. I wouldn't like that. Yeah. You might want to just to spite the Eagles. Maybe. Well, I, I, I would assume if I were him, I would not want to be working with Daniel Jones. I would oh, prefer, no, to, prefer to work with someone who has a little bit more promise. <laughs> but, like, are, I guess, are, would the Bears be the most attractive 
destination for him yeah for, for any for any like oh possible coaches like but like are the bears the best opening you think um, i'd say maybe sorry go ahead I, I have something to say about denver in a second but well why not the dolphins i think dolphins could work too i'm not i'm not as sold on tua as i am like i i could see fields having a better i don't know i feel like the ceiling's higher with fields Maybe, but I mean, just as a roster as a whole, their the record the last two years, they went ten and six, and what nine and eight this year. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's a yeah nineteen and fourteen over the past two years. So, I'd say Dolphins, but yeah, I, I guess the um, well, no, I I actually I would think I'd take the Broncos. The Broncos have a great roster. They just need a quarterback, which I don't yeah. know why. Every mock draft I look at, I don't think I've seen any of them mock the. The Broncos getting a quarterback, which I don't really get why. I know it's not a quarterback. Um, it's not a great quarterback draft, but, I mean, that's all they need, I think. I mean, of course, a few things scattered in there, but, like, if they had a quarterback, this could be a really uh, – this could be a playoff team. I know it's a tough division. and I mean, they got to keep up with the, with the great quarterbacks in their division, so – well, that um, that's kind of why I'm I'm on the other side. Like I like I know this has been notably like a not as good QB class like compared to recent ones. Yeah. But I think part of it too, like part of the thought process should be like, especially with those other great quarterbacks in that division, I feel like you don't want to just start throwing darts at random guys. Like I that's feel fair. Like, I feel like you they maybe want to wait. Maybe they go veteran in the offseason. I don't know and just like kind of run it back with like a Teddy Bridgewater type year. But I. If I were them, I wouldn't be like rushing to take one if they're not like a hundred percent sold on someone. That's fair. Yeah, that that's what I kind of was. I was going to touch on a little bit. It's risky, but what would you guys say to you know Aaron Rodgers gets eliminated? They heavily pursue him right away, and they say, "You want some input on who we have as head coach? Come to Denver." Yeah, I, I think him, and I think another name that would be interesting for that would be Russell. Us, yeah. yeah. Yeah, certainly. I mean, again, I don't know how it would work with the timing with everything. If if they kind of delayed it and were waiting for Aaron Rodgers to kind of maybe consider coming to them, they may lose out on some really good guys. So yeah. you kind of have to balance that risk and re- reward, but – I don't know. That's certainly something to think about. I don't know where I heard that. I heard that's that was not my original thought. Someone yeah. else. That'd be really cool though. I'd 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 love to see like Jerry Judy and Noah Fant and all those guys actually have like a confident quarterback throwing to them. Yeah, I like the veteran the veteran QB to Denver. Anything to increase Steelers' chances of keeping Kenny Pittsburgh. There you go. Wow, how blessed would we be? We get Mahomes and Rodgers twice a year and Justin Herbert and Aaron Rodgers twice a year. True. It's not for nothing. You know, the Raiders are a fun that. team as well. So the Raiders right. versus Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Derek Carr's there too. So that'd be fantastic. All right. I think that's it for the coach talk as of now. Certainly these guys will be um, interviewing over the next month or two, and then they'll be, um, you know, they'll be in their new destinations. So we'll certainly keep an eye on that with Brian Dable. I know he's got a ton of interviews lined up. I know he's, Probably got a busy week, you know, with the matchup coming up, which we'll be talking about in a few minutes here. Um, but I guess we can transition to the wild card preview. And I guess we'll, if you guys are all right with it, we'll go in chronological order of when these games will be occurring. 
The first one is the Las Vegas Raiders. It's the five seed in the AFC taking on the Cincinnati Bengals, the AFC North champions, uh, at sa- on Saturday at 4.30. This is the first game of the, of the slate here, wild, super wild card weekend. Uh, I mean, I guess we have to start off by talking about the wild Sunday night game. I mean, my heart was pounding. I felt like I was outside of my body. It was. Yeah. It felt like an outer body experience, and oh, it would have been absolutely painful if that game went the way that a lot of people were watching for. Tell me a little bit about your experience watching these these games. This game. I was talking about it with Josh. Uh, remember, Chef, when we were in the car that, um, you know, I. He asked me, uh, would I really have been mad if it did end in a tie? And I said at that point, yes, just because so much happened throughout that day for us to get in that position to make the playoffs. Um, You know, we barely edged that one out in Baltimore. The Jags really took care of business against the Colts. And then it was just both things. Well, I guess the Steelers and Ravens kind of toss up, but we were underdogs and the Jags were 16 point underdogs. So I mean, it was odds were really stacked against us. So yes, I would have been mad at the end of the tie. Um, Cause the Jags weren't supposed to win. So but anyway, it was like the whole game. I was thinking like, there's, I was not worried the whole game. Cause like, what are, what are the percent chance of a tie? Like how many NFL yeah. games? Like, oh. what did you say? Like, 98% of NFL games end in the tie? Yeah, no, I'm less than that, probably. Or more like than on, that. on average, there's probably like less, maybe less than one a year, but probably around one. Yeah, so that's like half a percent, something yeah. like that, that end in a tie. So, like, I was not worried, and we almost saw it. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I was saying, too, like, you guys obviously had a lot riding on it, but for me, that was, that was, like, the most fun I've had watching two teams that I have, like, I just like, it, it didn't matter what happened in that game. That was like, it, like I, even though, like I was obviously at, as just a football fan in general, like the idea of a tie getting both teams in was very funny. So I was rooting for that towards the end, but just like the game in general was just like insane, even leading up to the fact that, that, that it could have ended up being a tie after all that. Right. If you go off the, the, the math here that say you assume one tie happens per season, which doesn't always happen. Yeah one tie in a season would equate to uh sorry hold on a tie happening 0.00367% of the time there you go so definitely very unlikely and also jack the fact that the raiders were up by 15 points mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter right yeah that too so yeah it would have been absolutely gut wrenching if if it did end that way um, would not want to see Ben's career end in a, in a game that tied like that. However, I mean, I do want to touch on a little bit more of this game as well because it was just absolutely insane. Um, what would you guys would have done if, if you were the Raiders in that final drive? I mean, I think what they did was the right thing. And, I, I mean, obviously it's been talked about a lot, but the timeout by the Chargers is what, like I, I still don't understand that that call by Staley. Um, 
but I mean, no matter, like it was, they were, I mean, they could have kneeled it out, I guess, but like they, they were just running up the middle. Like, it's not like they were trying anything like crazy to get in the field goal range. They were just, I mean, they, that whole like OT, like last, last couple of drives, their, their running game was just overpowering them. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I don't know what, you, what they were thinking there. And I, to answer my own question, what I would have done, I was talking to uh, my mom while we were watching the Steeler game and kind of explained all the scenarios to her, what had to happen with the, you know, the game not ending in a tie and whatnot. And I mean, I told her if I came down to it, I would just knee it out. Not the whole game, obviously, but in overtime, if it was trending that way, I would just knee it out. Yeah. Um, However, I didn't really factor in like the human element of kind of winning the game. Um, I think there is something to be said and my, my mom agreed as well uh, that, you know, winning the game, just just playing for the tie, me get out, it just doesn't give you the momentum. I know technically, yes, sure. it ensures your chances of making the playoffs if you need it. And if you play for the win, there's a chance you could lose and not make the playoffs. However, I think like there is something to be said to be going for it. And that team, you saw how energized they were after they made the kick. Yeah. Um, so... And if he would have, it would have been interesting if he missed, would they have still celebrated? <laughs> it would have been weird. It would have been very weird. I, um, I think part of it too, like them, them being like division teams, I think helps that scenario as well. Where like, like I, like I, I mean, obviously you both get in with a tie, but I feel like both of those teams being in the same division definitely enjoyed the feeling of bouncing the other one out while also getting in. Sophia has some comments on this, on this, uh, situation because i was trying to explain to her before it happened like after the steelers won that like both teams realistically should kneel it they both get in but she had a strong opinion on on one side yeah go ahead thank you coming from a human perspective maybe not necessarily like a like i'm not really a football fan but like you know that people they don't they want to win you're a team you have like some pride for your team and you guys spend all this time talking about people's stats. Don't they want better stats too? Like, don't they want to make a touchdown? Don't they want to make their field goal? Don't they want the interception and the run and the, you know, all of them. Yeah. Yeah. So why would they just, why would they just give up just for their own safety? Also, doesn't that make you kind of a wimp? Like, you're just not going to try so that you can, like, be assured that you're going to get in the game. Like, you want to get in the game. Also, why would the other team? So what were the two teams again? Chargers and the Raiders. Okay, so why would the Raiders care if the Chargers also make it? They're not, like, besties with the Chargers. Like, they're, they're not, the teams aren't besties. They don't care if the other one makes it. Like, why would they not still want to win, get their precious little stats, and also make the playoff. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> Thank you for that monologue. That was certainly great uh, insight there. I mean, that, that's kind of where I was going with that. Initially, I was just thinking of it a very analytical perspective of just playing conservative football, not the whole game, if it went to overtime and it was late in overtime. That's what I was touching on. Yeah. However, and I, I was, I was, you know, initially thinking like, well, if you attempt the field goal, it could get blocked and returned. I think the chances of that happening are way lower and the risk is 
outweighed by the benefit of having that juice and that motivation to kind of carry you into the playoffs like that and seeing the defeat of the other team and knocking them out and giving you that drive. I think that element outweighs the percent chance of getting blocked and returned. So that's why I agree with this decision to kick. Because even if you miss it, then you still... Oh, yeah. I agree with the decision to kick, definitely. I still would have went with a nail off if I were in the situation. Just guaranteed. I don't know. You never know. If you're trying to win, pick sixes can happen. Your season can end right there, you know? That's fair. And also, not for nothing. And again, I know they (laughs) don't want to look too much ahead and assume that any team is an easy win once they get to the playoffs. However... If the Raiders would have tied that game, they would have ended up playing the Chiefs, who have, in recent memory, really had their number. Now they get to play the Bengals, who who we will touch on right after this here, who are hot and having a really good season in their own right. You know, I think you'd rather play the Bengals than the Chiefs Mm -hmm. in Arrowhead. So there is that as well. Speaking of the Bengals, they are also hot right now outside of week 18 when they rested their uh, some of their starters. They've won five out of the past seven of their games. I want to know what your guys' opinion on this, but I think Joe Burrow should be a top three at the minimum, maybe even top two MVP candidate at this point. He's having such a fantastic year, really ended the season well. Um, but the Bengals, man, I mean, you got to give them credit. They won the North, which is a very tough division. Um, and uh, yeah, they got it done. Any words on the Bengals before we get to the picks? Um, I mean, preseason, would you have ever expected a, a Raiders Bengals matchup in the playoffs? I, I think I, I think I had the, I don't remember exactly, but I think I had the Bengals going six and eleven, and Raiders going seven and ten. Yeah, and I also think that the Bengals were like. I heard it today. I read it today. Like they were twenty-eight to one to win the North, and the Ravens were twenty-five to one to finish last. And that both happened, or something like that. some odds were um, high or not high for those two things to happen. But we know, I get, yeah. Uh, but name of the game though, uh, I could see it as a shootout. Um, Bengals statistically, I think they um, they have a top rushing defense. I think they were top three in rushing yards, but they were bottom five, I believe, in passing yards. And the Raiders, I feel like, always find themselves in these high-scoring games. I mean, they're, granted, their defense isn't good, so that makes sense. So um, I can see this being a high-scoring one. Uh, I, I, the front, Their front four is good. Who's? Raiders. Uh, yeah, we're right, with Max Crosby and all, but um, I guess they're susceptible to the pass leading to shootout games right? in high-scoring affairs. Okay. Well, I guess that's a good, unless Jeff has something to say, we can transition to the picks there. Maybe that's a spoiler for Jack's selection. Um, Shreff, you can decide the order, considering you won. So, Oh, wow. Thank you. Where would you like to pick here? Um, and Jack, you're going to be recording this? Is this, is this going to be the same order for every, for every game here? You're the champ. You can decide whatever you want. You have full reign. You get a vacation for winning. Uh, we can expense that on the hogline uh, financials. Thank you. And you get to decide the order of the playoff lock of the week. How about which is that? Even more, which is even more important, some would say. Um, you know what? Screw it. I'll go I'll go first the whole way through. Oh. Yeah. Balls to the walls. 
Yeah, yeah, I don't want you guys getting in my head about what I'm doing, so I'm just going to make my pick and get out of the way. Um, I respect it. I'll go first. I want Jack to sit there and think more, so eventually you can go second, Jack can go third. Okay. All right, we're going order of the standings then. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess I'll, I'll, I mean, Jack, yeah, I mean, everything Jack was saying was good. The Bengals quickly became like one of my favorite teams in the league. Um, just like, I mean, when you have, when you're, when your top playmakers are all 25 and under, like, that's just a fun team, no matter, like, no matter who those players are. But like the fact that we've gotten to see Bur- like Burrow and, and Chase, like worked out kind of the way that I think everyone was like hoping it would. Um, and it's been unbelievable. T Higgins might like is I don't I'm not not anymore I'd say at one point maybe like was becoming the most underrated receiver in the league um, but then he kind of had that huge week um, and then Boyd is probably right now the top three in the league I would imagine I don't know if you guys agree with that I feel like he probably is he's a sorry you said a top what'd you say is best Boyd, number three receiver in the league. oh the best number three receiver in the league I mean, Michael Gallup, maybe. Michael Gallup. Gallup will be I mean, I don't know if you can round. count the Bucks situation anymore. Yeah. Uh, the Steelers, the hell. I mean, yeah, I, I think yeah. I. Yeah. Point yeah. is, it's a, it's a deep group. Yeah. yeah. I love Tyler Boyd. So I guess I'll, I'll, I'll let this work right into my pick then. But I love the Bengals, but I can't bring myself to bet against the Raiders on a spread. So, we're, so I'm going to take the over 49 for Bengals Raiders. Jack was saying it earlier, shootout. Um, I'm hoping the only thing that makes me nervous is Burrow starting in his first playoff game, but it's at home, which makes me feel a lot better about it. So we'll, we'll take the over 49. I think, I think points are being scored. Is this Derek Carr's first playoff game? Yes, it is. It is. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Cause he was hurt when they were the two seed that year. Right. Yep. Yeah. But I, I let, like, I don't know. These, these two defenses just don't, scare me much in general so I, I, mm-hmm. I have a hard time believing that they're not going to be just walking down the field on each other all right Shreff. well i'm telling you i'm going uh over 49 and a half i like it a lot um well i mean i do like the bengals defense they definitely have some nice pieces that have played well enough this year and i just i mentioned the raiders uh pass rush led by max crosby who had a fantastic game on sunday night mm-hmm. Uh, but you know it's not going to be enough. I mean, I I I think Derek Hard's going to put up numbers as well. And what was he? He was definitely top five in passing yards. He might have been top three even. So, and you know they've had so much resilience this year. Um, going, I, I I if I if I had to pick the the uh, the spread as well, I went with the Raiders plus five. However, I had the I would have the Bengals winning. Um, I have them winning thirty to twenty seven. So. That's what I'm going with. And Jack, are you going to make it three for three? Or are you going to ha- go in a different direction? Pivot a little bit. Three for three. I'm taking the over 49 and a half. I can't. Of course you are. Raiders are too unpredictable. I, I don't I don't feel comfortable choosing either side. So, I mean, I can't take the under for my argument I'd said previously. So, yep, over. So, that, that's a wash for those three. All right. But, hey. Let's let's pad our stats here. Let's get this one right. Yeah, well, there we go. All right. Hopefully that doesn't happen for the rest of the games, but we, we shall see. Especially because <laughs> it's really four, unfortunate. That would be. There's four options, like Jack said at the top of the show. So hopefully right. that doesn't that would, happen. A, that would throw a real wrench in the system here. The next matchup on the docket here Saturday night at 8 
uh, 8-10, I believe. It's the six-seeded New England Patriots going to Buffalo, taking on the Buffalo Bills. This is the rubber match between the two teams as they have split in the regular season. Uh, the Bills won by 12 in week 16, so just three weeks ago. And we all remember that uh, really cold and windy Monday night game between the two teams uh, where the Patriots uh, pulled it out there. I think, in my opinion, we can throw out that game. That's what I was going to start with, yeah. It really doesn't. I mean, we didn't really know, learn much from these two matching up against each other due to the elements of that matchup. Yeah. Um, what are we thinking here? I mean... This is a this is another tough one in my opinion. This is tough. I'm um, I think one thing here is you these are two teams where being at home gives you a huge advantage. Um, Bills are the ones that are getting that home game. I, you guys remember I I, I think during it was our week one overreactions that I that, that I said that the Bills, um, were going to be like the most disappointing team this season. Um, and for there was a couple of weeks there where I, I thought maybe that was the case, but that's all leading up for me to say that I, I think the Bills beat the Pats pretty handily. I'm taking the Bills minus four. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they, 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 it certainly looked that way in week 16. Uh, I think it was 33 21, if I'm not mistaken. So they really took care of business there. Um, they looked, I mean, the Bills have recovered, I guess, a little bit nicely since their midseason slump. I'm going to try to pull up their last um, last few games in particular. They, they Well, they beat the Jets this past week. They beat the Falcons the week prior. Yeah, so they, uh, they've won four in a row to end of the year um, after an overtime loss to the Bucks. So They also had that awful game against the Colts too, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, they uh, there was a stretch in the middle, uh, kind of the middle of the year where they got blown up by the Colts. Then they beat the Saints on Thanksgiving, so it was a little bit of a bounce back. But then it was that weird Patriots game in a loss, and then they lost to the Bucs in overtime. So they, they dropped three or four, and since then they've won four in a row, and they've kind of recovered nicely and um, sneakily have some momentum yeah. going into the playoffs here. So, Jack, what are your uh, – well, do you, want me, I, do you want me to give my selection before you oh, uh, go ahead? Yep. I'll come on same order. That being said, all the stuff I just said about Buffalo, I'm picking the Patriots. Plus. Oh, there we go. Okay, we're good now. We don't have to worry about everyone picking the same. So team. it's a head-to-head. Shref, you picked <laughs> the Bills go. minus four, right? Yeah. In fact, I'm picking the Patriots money line. Wow. Uh, I think the Patriots win 20-17. to 17. It's going to be – I also uh, – if I had to pick the over-under, I would go with the under. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a defensive matchup. It's going to be playoff football. They're going to grind it out. Playoff football, yeah. Similar to the first matchup, I don't know what the weather's going to be like. I was going to actually check that right now, but I like the Patriots. I think they're in for something special this year, and this is a team I liked. I mean, if if you you all remember, I picked them to win the AFC East uh, at the beginning of the year, so I've liked them from the start, and I think uh, they've they're going to have some real momentum here, and they're going to play very sound football, not to turn the ball over and run the ball and play good defense. That's the, that's the formula in the playoffs and Buffalo is a first round exit. In my opinion, we're playing on Saturday. <laughs> I got, no, I got the weather. So, yeah. um, I'm looking at it. Yeah. I want to talk about it. So <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be, that. it's going to be noticeably, notably colder just on Saturday. Much um, <laughs> in Buffalo, it's going to be, a high of 10 and a low of one degree, 
one degree, one single degree. And that's a night game. So right. So at night, it's going to be about that. And winds are going to expect it to reach up to 15 miles an hour. So it's going to feel definitely in the negatives. Um, oh, baby. I love that under. But yeah, for those reasons. I don't want to switch the under. Patriots. I, well, for those reasons, I'm taking the under. Now, I was a little oh. nervous that um, the public's going to be huge on the under, which I feel like is just bad luck. But it seems like the public has been uh, a little bit bigger on the over. When I checked earlier, it was at 42 and a half and only a couple hours later, it's at 44. So I'm going to get under 44. I read an article, but I believe USA Today that games historically um, that are uh, played in weather that's less than 10 degrees have an average score of, I think it was 38. So I'll take that. I'll take the under 44. Well, there you go. There's our selections. I do want to mention before we move on to the next game, uh, DraftKings, which is the official sports book of the Hogline podcast. Um, they're, they're doing hammer, hammer the. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we can say that for legal purposes, but keep going. It was a joke. DraftKings don't. Yeah. We're giving you a free sponsorship. Why why would they be mad? I don't yeah. know. Anyway, hammer the over. Do it on DraftKings. Not officially the sports book, official sports book of Hogline podcast. <laughs> uh for every 5,000 betters it decreases the uh over, so it'll by all indications be if any points are scored, you get your money. So, um minus 110 odds, so I I would check that out. Not a sponsor. So we all took different things in that game. That's fun. Yes, we yep. did. That was very fun. Good. The next game, Sunday at 1 o'clock, Raymond James Stadium. We'll get our potentially final Eagles round of the week next week with Shreff. We will see. Uh, the seven-seeded Philadelphia Eagles take on the two-seeded defending champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 1 o'clock. These two teams played in week six. The Bucks won on Thursday night football in Philadelphia, 22, excuse me, 28 to 22. Uh, score, if I remember correctly, was yeah, that was closer than the game indicated. Closer, I think closer, I, than it, closer than it was. Yeah. Right. The Bucks kind of dominated. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys know the status on Leonard Fournette, Mike Evans, and Shaquille Barrett? I have not heard anything. Let me see. Fournette was on IR for the past few weeks. I wasn't sure if he's making his return. I think there was some trending in the right direction that he would be playing. Um, so I, that's why I asked about him. Mike Evans, I only asked because he left the game temporarily with the hamstring uh, injury, but he did return. So I don't know if that flared back like- up. And I, Shaq Barrett, I think I saw a notification about him. And I don't even know if it was injury related. I just want to uh, to check on him, but. I'm looking. It hasn't come out. Injury reports. We're only recording on Tuesdays, so um, nothing is really out yet. Okay. So anyway, Shaq Bear was activated off of the COVID list. That's what I saw. He's okay. not. He's not hurt or anything. Um, but I guess it's too early to tell for Fournette and Evans. So that will definitely be pretty significant factor to monitor throughout the week. This is the number one rushing offense with the Philadelphia Eagles at 159.7 yards per game going against the third-ranked rush defense at 92.5 yards allowed by the Buccaneers' defense. Certainly a matchup to watch. What are our thoughts here, Shref? Are there is there reason 
for optimism. Give us your Eagles prequel rant of the week. This is tough. Um, the Eagles have been very fun to watch the last few weeks. Um, it, it's, it was awesome. Jalen Hurts, I think, has – I mean, we talked about it a little bit. I think Jalen Hurts has kind of earned himself another season. I don't see why he wouldn't have. Um, defense turned it around uh, towards the end of the year. Um, Sirianni, um, I don't know if he – has he been getting a lot of hype for Coach of the Year? I, I, I mean, I think he, he's had to have made a legitimate argument for it. Um, and now their, their defensive coordinator is already getting interviewed by other teams for head coaching jobs. So very fun to watch. Um, really good comeback from the first half of the season. They looked absolutely atrocious. Um, this is a really tough one, but I think I have to do it, boys. I think I have to do it. Eagles money line? Well, no. <laughs> but I think I'm going to take Eagles plus eight and a half. All right. With, with, with the way they've been looking, I understand that you're, you're going against Brady, but I think they're going to be able to run the ball still. I, I, I pray they are, but they're also just a second half team. So I could like, I, I could always see them getting down and maybe backdooring it towards the end. All right. Well, there you have it folks. Maybe reason for optimism. Uh, I, well, I have my two selections here because I did do both. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to think between the two which I want to go with. However, I think I'm going to go with the spread one, not the total, because I did the I predicted the scores off the top of my head, and then I didn't look at the over-unders, and then this ended up being one point away from it. So I'm like, eh, if I thought it would write it there, I might as well just stay away from it. So I'm actually going to tail shrimp again plus uh-huh. for the Eagles. yeah i love it i have the bucks winning 26 to 22 yeah i like that uh i think the eagles keep it close though I, their I do defense like- has been I'm, I'm really trusting their defense too I, I their defense has looked awesome um just in terms of like making big plays when they need to so i i think they're gonna make it happen no fournette would really help would uh the, our selections there of the Eagles covering yeah. the eight and a half, but slightly too many points in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Bucks still win though. Sorry, Shreff, but I think the uh, Eagle, I think the Eagles will cover. So I'm gonna flip it. I'm taking the Bucks to cover. Oh. I mean, I hope it happens. I hope I'm wrong on this one. No offense, but yeah, I didn't feel comfortable taking the over under, and I can't pick the Eagles out of principle. So um, taking the Bucks minus eight and a half. I think it'll be an interesting game. Now, as Mitchell said, the Eagles are the have the best rushing uh, offense statistically. Bucks front seven is still really good. Um, I don't know. I I just even though the Eagles have the best rushing offense, I just view this defense as just being too much for them. Um, a lot of youth and experience, and the opposition is quite the opposite. So. Um, I'm hoping for it, and I'd like to think it'll happen. The Bucks will dominate for the entirety of the game. Um, yeah, that's all I got. Bucks minus eight and a half. All right, there we have it. We have two versus one. So we'll see what happens there. Maybe Jack will have better luck here in the postseason. That's where I hit my stride.
Maybe. He's a playoff team. I am. The Nickelodeon game, Sunday at 4.30. Oh, nice. Uh, we yeah. have the six-seeded San Francisco 49ers getting to the playoffs after their victory on um, Sunday against the Los Angeles Rams in overtime. They go to Dallas uh, to take on the three-seeded Dallas Cowboys. Uh, the, like I said, the 49ers won on Sunday in the Rams. That got them in the playoffs. They were down 17-0 in this game, so um, certainly earned their way into the playoffs. I think I heard somewhere, I think it was, it might have been part of my take, but I'm not 100% sure. Could have been Twitter. I think that whoever I heard this said that this was Shanahan's biggest comeback and also McVay's biggest lead blown in both of their respective careers. Seems about right. So that was certainly interesting to note. Debo Samuel is really, really good. Mm-hmm. I think he, I think he might have the best tackling tackle breaking ability i think i've ever seen it's really, it's like, it, it is really it is unreal i think i think i said this a few episodes ago but i think he was the first receiver in probably eight or nine years to lead the league in yards after uh contact which is usually a no yards after catch or something i don't know it's usually a running back stat whatever it is mm-hmm. yeah. but he can really do it all and the only thing stopping him from having a, a fantastic next four to five years of his career is health, mm-hmm. in my opinion. He is really good. The Cowboys, though, have had a great season in their own right. Um, and I, I sense something special from this team. Curious to what you guys think. The spread is three points in this one. Dallas favored. And the total is, I think, 50 and a half when yep. I did this about an hour ago. I don't know if it changed, but. It's minus three and a half now, plus three and a half. Okay. And is the total still the same? 50 and a half, yep. Okay. All right. Well, it looks like a pretty evenly matched game. Uh, what do you guys think here? Um, I feel like there's a decent chance we're all going to be on the same thing here. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Niners have looked awesome the last, uh, like, coming down the stretch here. Um. I was very much off of them for a long time. I know Mitchell and I were, were big on the, the Kyle Shanahan's not a good head coach train. Um, he's looked good. Their running game is, is back to what it was. Uh, if Debo Samuel lined up in the backfield and they gave him like 15 carries, he'd probably run for a hundred yards. Wouldn't yep. be surprised. Just let him bounce it outside. He, he always he breaks it like every first tackle. It feels like he's, he is amazing. I agree with everything you said. Um, but with all that being said, the one, I mean, one of one of the main one of the main reasons that I won our lock of the week this year, like Mitchell, you, you always had your Teddy Bridgewater bets. The one team I rode with pretty much the entire year, I felt like, was the Dallas Cowboys. So I, I don't think I can change it up. I'll, I'll take Dallas minus three at home. I like it. Three and a half, just so you know. Three and a half. Still, give it, give it. Usually, well, FanDuel is three, so I apologize. Usually, these these half marks are negligible, but that's a that's a pretty significant one. So yeah, no, I understand. All right, well, I wanted to go with that, but I don't know if I want to do it now. Oh, see, that's why, that's why I like you going second. You're, you're, definitely you're has me thinking. Because I think the Cowboys are going to win this game, and if I think they're going to win, they should win by four points or more. I really don't feel comfortable doing this over under though. According to my score projection, I, I went with the over. Um, I have the Cowboys winning 33 to 24. 
It's all a matter of where I want to go, though. That's pretty uh, well over the over. It's what? That's 58. 57. I'll just go with the over. Oh. Give me the over uh, 50 and a half. I don't feel good about it. I would have felt better about Dallas, but <laughs> that would that would make me what? Three get three of the same with Shref? Yeah. I did that. So that's why I like it. I'm getting my what? picks on the board early, so now you guys have to squirm a little bit. Interesting strategy. Looks like it worked out, maybe. Yeah. Jack. I'm going with Shref taking the Cowboys minus three and a half. Uh, as a resident Cowboy fan on this show, um, Cowboys offense, like I just see the Cowboys dominating this game. Um, I really think they're the speed they have at receiver is going to give the 49ers secondary a lot of problems. Um, sorry, one second. Uh, I mean, they. Uh, I think the Cowboys have woken up since their uh, little Cardinals blunder a couple weeks ago with that with their win against the Eagles. Um, I just ran the numbers, and the Cowboys over the last seven weeks since uh, Thanksgiving, they averaged thirty-four points per game. And, yeah, that makes me feel better about the over. So thanks for letting me know that. And a uh, three of those weeks, Dak. At least from the eye test, I feel like he he wasn't playing well, and I think he was playing a little injured. And I, he's finally uh, playing well again, and I just think the Cowboys are going to dominate. So I'll take them for four points. All right, fair enough. Next matchup, the second to last one here, Sunday Night Football at eight uh, twenty on NBC. We have the Pittsburgh Steelers getting in on the last second leg of Daniel Carlson and Chris Boswell and whatever the Jags did. Take on the two-seeded Kansas City Chiefs, the reigning AFC champions. Um, certainly a, a tall task to go into Arrowhead and win this game. So we'll see what happens there. Steelers get in, in dramatic fashion, and we're just absolutely gutting out wins over the last couple weeks here. Makes sense that it came down to that last second field goal there for us to get into the playoffs because that's just the MO of the whole season for the Steelers, to be honest. Right. Um, when Najee was out of the game, we certainly fell flat. Benny, if I if we didn't draft Najee and we had to watch Benny Snell, first of all, we wouldn't be talking about the Steelers right now. Um, but that would just be miserable to watch. So I'm I'm so glad we picked him. Yep. <laughs> it is unbelievable. Um, Chiefs look really good right now on the on right. They have won nine of their past 10 games. The only game they lost was Cincinnati by um, a field goal two weeks ago. So they are as hot as any team in the NFL right now. Um, and that's pretty much all the notes I had in the game. Sheref, you can share your thoughts and then share your pick. I am decently confident in two picks, really confident in one of them. So I do have a, a, a stronger pivot if you, if, if I do decide to do so. Uh, this is honestly the one that I struggled with the most. I had a, I had a length, not a lengthy conversation, but a decent conversation with, uh, with a, with another Pittsburgh uh, Steelers correspondent in the house, uh, Alex Dumplin. Um, yeah. Like I, I mean, the chiefs, obviously, I mean, they, they were right on the door of getting the one seed 
and not, not even having to play a game this weekend. Um, offense looks good. Tyreek back, good to go for Sunday. Like like 100% oh, back. Uh, I think so. I thought you were confirming that, but uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I was looking for one. Thank you for the confirmation. Um, and then Steelers, I I mean, obviously, I, I think you, you guys would agree with this, even as Steelers fans, a team that probably shouldn't have gotten in the playoffs. Um, won, won some big games when they needed to, which I like, like good for them, obviously. Um, just a, an unfortunate first round matchup for them here, but 12 and a half is a lot of points, boys. It's a lot trigger. Of, it's a lot of points. I think I, I, it's too many points. Steelers plus 12 and a half. Yeah. Steelers money line. Woo. <laughs> Yeah, 12 and a half is a lot. Um, but that is not where I'm going with my pick. Uh-huh. Um, the one I am most confident in is the under 40, is 46, right? I think that's also what, yeah, I mean. I, yeah, I, it's 46. That's okay. why I, I enjoy the idea of that many points being given. Right. Like, I, I'm very confident. I think this is probably my favorite of all the picks that we've made so far. Uh I mean, clearly, I'm not gonna when I'm watching this game, I'm not gonna be paying attention to any of our picks. Yeah. Because I'm only gonna be focused on one thing, and that's the Steelers hopefully, God willing, in some way winning this game and playing another week of football. That's the only thing I'm gonna be thinking about. However, I just really see the under happening here. I mean, the Steelers are definitely gonna struggle to score points. We have all year pretty much, and especially in our wins the past couple of weeks, we've really struggled. Chiefs defense is looking pretty good in the second half of the season. And I think the Steelers defense, who did struggle against Kansas City a couple weeks ago, definitely play a much better game and uh, kind of maybe bend but don't break mm-hmm. and then hold them to some field goals. So my official score prediction was 23 to 12. So I, it, my, my pivot pick would have been the Steelers plus 12 and a half because I do agree that is a lot of points in a playoff game. So, but I am going with the under. And I feel pretty good about it. Well, someone feels pretty good about the over. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> um, I think the last matchup between the Steelers Chiefs was only three weeks ago, 36 to 10. So that's right at the line of 46. Um, that game, I feel like that's worst case scenario for points. Now, your arguments make sense. Focus on the Steelers first. Um, our offense has not looked great, and uh, you know, I wouldn't. I never expect our offense to do a lot. However, I think this is a special circumstance. And Big Ben is in desperation mode. And we've seen it in flashes throughout this year. Steelers were down by, what, four touchdowns on that Thursday night game in many er, in Minnesota. Offense can come alive when their backs are against the wall, and we made that a game. Uh, that Chargers shootout game on Sunday night football midseason also happened. So I think the Steelers have shown that – they can put up points in desperation and this is going to be, this is the most desperate they've been the whole season as it's a playoff game. And we don't have to worry about the chiefs scoring points. Cause 
I mean, any team just run the ball right in the middle and you're going to, you're going to gain yardage and score on the Steelers. So um, that's why I like, I like the 46. All right. We have a, a strong head to head as we both feel uh, rather confident in our selections. Yep. Last game. Last game here, the first ever Monday night wild card matchup. We have the five seeded Arizona Cardinals taking on the four seed Los Angeles Rams, who are the NFC West champions. Uh, both teams have kind of regressed here in the latter uh, part of the season. So not the way you kind of want to go into the playoffs, especially uh, week 18 losses. Door was open for the Cardinals to win the division as the Rams dropped the game, but they could not defeat the Seattle Seahawks at home. Stafford has especially regressed in the second half of the season. He had 22 touchdowns and only four interceptions in the first eight games of the year. And the last nine, he had 19 touchdowns and 13 interceptions. So has not been the best stretch for Matthew Stafford. He's going to need play the need to play better if they want to advance in the postseason. His team split in the regular season. The line is, is it still three and a half in favor yep. of the Rams? Mm-hmm. Okay, it's, the line is three and a half in favor of the Rams. The over-under is 49. Shreff, close this out here. What is your thoughts on this uh, Monday night matchup? Which I, I love how we have, uh, it's, you know, a holiday on Monday as well. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for everything you did, Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's pretty cool as well. Um, Shreff, what do you think? On paper, this should be one of the more fun matchups. You get a division game and you get two very fun offenses. DeAndre Hopkins playing, not playing. No, I, they, they said it's highly unlikely he doesn't come back before. Highly unlikely he comes back before the NFC Championship if they made it there. Gotcha. Okay. Um, like, I'm trying to play through the different scenarios of the, of the way this game could go. And, like, in my head, the most likely one, I feel like, is that <laughs> – Going through all the Chris Collinsworth scenarios. Yeah, I, I feel like I have a few more. <laughs> Did you hear that, Mitchell, during the uh, during the Chargers game? Uh, no, I I had it um, either on mute or low volume. But what did he say? Well, before I make my pick, I want to get it because like that that was another great aspect of that game is like Collinsworth and Michaels just kind of like like consistently like continue to like lose their minds like they like <laughs> yeah. at some point towards the end of the game they were just like kind of making noises at each other almost they were making <laughs> so many noises um, it was great but, but at one point collinsworth was just like sitting there and they were like it was a replay and he was just like man i'm, I'm just sitting here I'm, I'm just racking through all these you know all these scenarios in my head of how this could go and temp sitting on the couch was like there's like there's literally two scenarios it's either the winner of the game of this game gets in or or it's a tie and the Steelers get in. And it was just funny because Collinsworth was acting like there was like this whole realm of possibilities. But that's you know, that's I, I, I do remember when he said, if this was a movie, I would have walked out because I wouldn't have believed the script. <laughs> yeah, they were they were they were just getting better and better as the night went on. But either way, um going back to the task at hand here. Um I think the Rams are gonna get out early. I think the Cardinals are going to be playing catch, going to have to be playing some catch up. But with that being said, I I I can't give me the over forty nine and a half. I think points are going to be scored, especially like I, I don't know a Monday night game. They're getting an extra day of rest. You know they're going to be coming real fresh. I'd give it to me. Give me the over. 
Oh, it is so tough. This was, I believe, my hardest game. It's really hard. It's a tough make one. a selection. All of the other ones I felt varying levels of confidence, but at least some confidence. This one, I really think it's a flip of the coin both ways. So it's just really tough. My initial reaction was the over. So mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. <laughs> Ugh. Oh, man. This is brutal. I think the Rams are going to win the game. But by how many? By four. <laughs> I think it's going to be really close, though. That's the problem. Go with your gut, man. Go with your gut. I'm going to go with the Rams minus three and a half. <laughs> I, the Rams are my preseason Super Bowl champion. Let's, let's believe in them. Sean McVay is, I think, yeah. my favorite coach outside of Mike Tomlin. He's fun. He's cool. So, what's a, what's a roll with the Rams? Mm. Mitchell, though, I'm with you. Even though Ky, I'm betting against my favorite player outside that's not on the Steelers. True. And Kyler Murray. But, you know, he's uh, never played in a playoff game. Stafford hasn't played in too many playoff games, but Sean McVay has, at this point, a decent amount of postseason experience. It's a strong team. Cooper Cup is on historic pace. And uh, he's bound for a good postseason. So give me the Rams. I'm with you, Mitchell. I'll give my reason in a second. But I, you mentioned him. I did want to shout out Cooper Cup on his remarkable uh, regular season. Um, led all wide receivers in receptions, yards, and touchdowns. That's only been done four times in NFL history. Um, last done in 2005. Who was it, guys? I'm uh, 2005. Yeah. My initial thought was Andre Johnson, but I don't think he scored enough touchdowns. And I think that was too early, 2005, for Andre Johnson. I don't even. Hmm. Oh, is it Calvin? No, no. he was drafted in like 2007. Yeah, also too early. Um, hold on, give us another second here. Maybe we'll get it. Okay. Was it? Uh, it wasn't Randy Moss. No. I'm out. Are you out, Trev? Can you, can, can we have a hint? Can you give me a Can you give us a conference? Uh, he did it on the NFC and then finished his career in the AFC. Maybe. Maybe. Come on, that's a weak hint. Well, I know. Yeah. Okay, I'm right. I'm right. I'm right. Terrell Owens. Was he only on two teams? Only on two teams, yep. Majority of his career in the AFC South. Finished his career in the... Sorry. Majority of his career uh, NFC South. Finished his career in the AFC North. Uh, Steve Smith. C. Smith. Nice. C. Smith did it in 2005. Sterling Sharp did it in 1992. Jerry Rice did it in 1990. Um. But Cooper Cup 
he I know we had 17 games, but his his per game average was better than all three. So a uh, remarkable season. Um, oh, man, he was 18 yards away from breaking Calvin's record. Yeah. And he was five receptions away from making breaking Michael Thomas's record. Right. Receptions. So, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, just back to my prediction. I got the Rams minus three and a half. Um, I'll, I'm going to help you feel a little better about Mitchell. You ready? So they last faced, uh, was that three weeks ago? Four, no, it was a little more than that. Five weeks ago, maybe. Um, since then, so going into that game, I really thought both teams were very evenly matched. Um, were Trent, Trent, I guess trending in the same way. Well, I don't know. I just thought they're very even at that game. Rams go into Arizona and beat them by a touchdown when I think they're very even. Now, you both said, or one of you said, they're both regressing, which is true. I think the Cardinals are regressing a little more heavily. Yeah, um, so even if you want to say they've regressed the same, if they're back to even ma- evenly matched, uh, Rams beat them by a touchdown when they're evenly matched in my eyes. Now the Cardinals are out DeAndre Hopkins and the Rams are home. So I think the Rams can get him by four. You sold me. I, You already sold before I said it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, there you have it. Uh, I did want to ask, who do you guys think will win Offensive Player of the Year, Jonathan Taylor or Cooper Cup? I'd give it to Cup for what I'd I just said. I'd give it to Cup, too, I think. No, no knock on Jonathan Taylor, but I'd, I'd give it to Cup. Yeah, pretty hard not to at this point. Yeah. Um, all right. Jack, do you want to read us off all the selections just so uh, yep. we have it? So the Raiders at Bengals, Shreff took the over 49 and a half. Mitchell took the over 49 and a half. And Jack also took the over 49 and a half. Uh-huh. Uh, Patriots at Bills, Shreff took Bills minus four. Mitchell took Patriots plus four. Jack took the under 44. Eagles at Bucks, Shreff took Eagles plus eight and a half. Mitchell also took Eagles plus eight and a half. Jack took Bucks minus eight and a half. 49ers at Cowboys. Shreff took Cowboys minus three and a half. Mitchell took the over 50 and a half. Jack took Cowboys minus three and a half. Steelers at Chiefs. Shreff took Steelers plus 12 and a half. Mitchell took the under 46. Jack took the over 46. Uh, and lastly, the Cardinals at the Rams. Shreff took over 49 and a half. Mitchell took the Rams minus three and a half. Jack also took the Rams minus three and a half. There you have it. Thank you for that recap. Um, and there we go. Thank you, folks, for listening. I hope you enjoy the playoffs. If your team is in it, best of luck, unless you're an Eagles fan. Sorry, Shref. And I know we're a little bit late to the game here than normally, but uh, I have started a new job on Monday, so I've been a little bit busy. But we're still looking to get together the playoff pool. Um, I'm trying to do it online. Uh I think it may work. Jack and I may have to iron out the details. However, if you're listening um, and you are interested, you can definitely let us know and we will let you know the details as we figure it out in the next couple of days. And we will get, make sure it's all set by the, um, by the start of the games on Saturday. So um, certainly if you're looking to participate, let us know. You can message us on Instagram at hogline podcast um, or text us if you have our numbers. So yeah, certainly. Um, you know, hit us up on that. So um, any final words as we close up the show here today? 
besides Trev's words, but <laughs> Jack, would, Jack, did, did you have ideas for the for the? Wings? Oh, that's right. I, I do. What's the, what's our um? I figured Jack had some ideas. I completely forgot. Thank you, Shreff. What's the uh? What are your thoughts, Jack? Uh, so I think I want to go with a prize, not a punishment. I agree with that. However, this is kind of a prize for first punishment for second and third mm. um winner gets hogline merch a piece of hogline merch on the purchased by the second and third place i like okay. that yeah. i was on i was on the same wavelength because because i was just thinking like maybe like dinner or something like that a nice dinner i was also thinking that but location may not benefit okay. the that or may not that may not work but yeah true yeah all right yeah we can um i like it yeah let's do it or mm-hmm. we do both oh dinner and merch dinner and merch double down on it so the second and third buys okay. buys they winner dinner they split both yeah, okay. Sure. Dinner at a place of their choosing. Sure. Okay. That worries me. <laughs> well, if you're worried, just win. Just yeah, win, no, baby. I agree. In the words of Al Davis, just win, baby. Jack was making a face up in the top left on my screen. I don't know. Yeah, maybe because like Jack's just... not super confident after his 13, 20, and one showing <laughs> in the regular season. But it's a new season at this point. New season. Yeah. Everyone's O and O. Right. So, and you know, I mean, there's there's only 14 playoff games, so we're gonna be halfway done after uh, this weekend, pretty much. Yeah. So We'll uh, we'll have a pretty good idea. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. Hopefully, hopefully, we do better in the regular season, and we can win you some money. Um. Hopefully. All right. Thanks for listening, and we will catch you next week uh, with the recap of these games and a preview of the divisional round. See ya. Peace, love, prosperity, happiness, joy, everlasting life, almonds and chives. Guys, we live. We chive, Mitch. We chive, Mitch. (laughs)